This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selkin, where we are in season nine entitled The Power of a Word. Throughout the course of this season, we've been meeting with all different types of people, all different types of backgrounds to learn what is a word that has been woven into how they think, how they operate, that they believe has driven their individual, personal, or professional success. And so we've had some incredible words uh, over, over the course of this season, starting with my word of the year, which was prioritize. And today I have the honor, privilege, excitement to introduce all of you to my favorite human in the entire world, my mom. Mom, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Miss Amber. This is (laughs) exciting to me. So I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of prioritize, right, one of the things that my mom and I have been able to do over the last several years is spend Mother's Day together. So I know this is not Mother's Day that we are releasing the episode, but we are recording this episode on Mother's Day, which is a pretty spectacular and fun experience, I think, for both of us to do. Oh, it has. And And the Mother's Days that we've spent together in the past have been so amazing and this one was never was just not any different. And then to climax it with this podcast, can't get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So without further ado, I know all of you have probably been wondering, where did this woman come from? Well, you're about to find out because my mom is amazing. She's a double major in Ohio, oh, the Ohio State University. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me capitalize that there. She's got her undergrad and master's degree from Ohio State, spent 20 years leading extension in the state of Ohio in Tuscarawas County, and then went on and and developed an entire business with my dad in the McDonald's franchise business, launched her own business in equine therapy, and was my mom to me and my older brother, Kyle, and my little sister, Ashley. And so today, um, I am just excited to hear more about your wisdom and perspective on life and making greatness, because it's certainly where, you know, I was as formed and forged. And so it's, it's exciting because you know you come out with these titles from your graduate degrees and and the awards and the stuff that you won. But the greatest title of all is being called a mom, being called a dad or a parent. And with that title, just comes a lot of scary responsibility because now you realize that you have 18 years to mold this little little thing that you've produced, and how are you going to capitalize on that to make them the best of the best human beings that they can be to be able to go out in this world and develop and be an important role to other people to make our life and our world just a better place. Yeah. You know, and I think that, that that's one of the questions I ask you, right? I'm like, how did you do this? 
this. Like I look at my little sister and she's an absolute stud, like on the cutting edge of equine training and therapy and, and development, like athletic performance in the equine world. We've got my brother who's a vice president of a private equity firm and just crushing it in Chicago. And like, man, I, I just feel like you're three for three. And I'm like, oh my God, if I ever have kids, how do you do this? <laughs> and so, and I know that we weren't easy. I know myself and I know that it's not easy. And so, you know, I remember the first time I asked you, like, how do you raise kids? And you're like, well, here's the thing. I was, it was scary because I never really wanted to be a parent. Can exactly. you maybe share that story to no, our listeners? I mean, it wasn't a natural thing for me. And I tried to babysit, wasn't successful at doing that, didn't really want to be around children. And, and so it was really interesting because my first career was youth development. So, wow, like all of a sudden I have 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 kids that I'm responsible for through the youth program at Ohio State. And, and it's just like, okay, you know? And so I live by that 4-H motto to make the best better and to develop mature contributing citizens of our world. And so how can we do that? So I'm thinking, you know, if the responsibility is with a thousand kids that I have to, to, be, to be able to implement this motto in this way of life, why shouldn't you do that as a parent? So it become very intentional, the road to raising children, a process that I wanted to be able to, to implement those same life skills that I had been engraved with what our life mission was at Ohio State. And so with that said, here we go. You know, I'm going to have my first little guy on June the 9th, and Kyle Douglas was here, and, and right away you hold that little life in your hand, and all of a sudden it bonds. And that's, and that's a magnificent feeling. And so, you know, Dad and I said, here we go. You know, we've got to be able to take this little human being and give him the best world of love, surrounded with people that love them so they understand what love means. And with God as the center of all that, we can continue just to keep growing and what traits and life skills do we want to to process them through so when they're 18 and that door opens and it's time to go, they're ready to fly and we give them the wings to do that. That's so awesome. So without further ado, I don't know if you caught the word that we are going to be focusing on today, but mom, what is the what is the word that we are trying to find the power in today in our the conversation? The power of the power of anything we do, it has to be intentional. And that's that's capitalized. So our success depends on our intentions and what we make of that word. And so that's those are the the life skills and intentionality that I took off and dad and I took off to be parents with. You know, this is what we want to do. We were intentional about that. So every day was a different process to be able to achieve those goals and methods to, to be able to raise three children or four children or whatever your life brings you that God will give you the ability to do. Because we lost two babies too. And so, you know, it wasn't meant to be. You move on, you develop resi resilience and you take what God gives you. So intentionality, the power of the word intentionality, intention, setting that forth. And, you know, again, I, I remember you saying like the, our goal is to, when you're 18, to be a contributing member of society. Right. So it was so interesting now, you know, being in my thirties, looking back and all of the different life experiences 
that we had and memories that I have and you being like, yep. And when we did this, we were trying to build communication skills. And when we did this, we were trying to build discipline. And when we did this, we were trying to build responsibility. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, I look back and I see that thread of intentionality in everything that you guys did with us. Right. And being able to just be gifted to be able to provide those opportunities is, you know, whatever situation we were in, whether it was raising dogs and raising pigs or whatever that looked like, where it's about what does life look like to our kids. And so I wanted just from that aspect to be have animals as the vehicle to to learn so much about life. And 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 being and seeing birth and and experiencing death and knowing what that process looks like and seeing how the mamas do their job because the they are a great teacher and understanding all the human aspects of life through an animal and so we, we we provided that for you through all different types of animals and and with that said you know it gives us the it gives us the opportunity to you know learn about responsibility and decision making and you know you get up and at four years old you go to the barn and you get the job done and every day day in and day out and and something you're responsible for a creature that you have to take care of for them to survive was something we wanted to be able to provide too. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I know that I think one of the the coolest things too is just how close we were with grandma and grandpa. Absolutely. You know, and and your mom and dad particularly of they were just like they I just felt like they were my confidants, you know, and go-tos and everything is I'd like hide under the covers and call grandma. Right. <laughs> and and so I'm just curious like how do you feel like they impacted your life that then impacted how you became a mom and and a, a parent? Oh, role model. They were phenomenal role models. Every day, day in is love, security, trust, honesty, discipline, hard work. It, it, it's just a thread that, that run common with my sister and I throughout our lives. And that's, you know, that's how you do it, you know? And so I just needed, as a first-time parent, to be able to have struck more structure to that just because I felt lost not having it, being intentional about how I was going to do not only that, but everything that I do in my life, you know, is for a reason. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a really good point, right? I think some people, they, they watch others and assume that they're, they just get it, right? right. And they, it, it's natural. And what you're sharing is that, listen, being a parent wasn't natural. No. And how you're wired is very structured. Is I mean, you, talk about just preparation for this podcast. I, I got up this morning and mom's been up for an hour and she's got her outline built <laughs> for our conversation and really fleshing out her ideas. And you know that structure is what's led you to success. And so you applied that same process to perhaps the most important job of all, which was raising kids. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, you mentioned something there too about this environment of love and safety. Talk a little bit more about what you mean about this concept of safety as it relates to parenting. Uh, I just think it's just one of those basic needs that you need to provide your kids. You know, when they're toddlers, the basic thing of just not falling down and hitting their head and, and giving them a safe environment to be in. And then as, as children begin to get older, with all the life skills, you adjust to what that method looks like. So as a two-year-old, the safety component is different than a 16-year-old who you you hope that you can shelter from peer pressure, et cetera. And peer pressure and bullying is, is a 
big thing anymore. So how do you protect your kids from, from just that? That's security. So how did you protect us from that? We were busy. We had a busy schedule. There was no time for any of that stuff. And I think the whole baseline of all of that, from the, from the outcome of love and security and trust in God involved, is the self-esteem component. So, so very, very young, you give your children that, that positive image of themselves. And that self-esteem has to be there. Because if that wavers, then at 16, you're going to be in trouble with self-esteem. So you need to develop that all these skills early, very early. Kids are absorbent. They, they're sponges. They want to do everything. They want to learn everything. And when they're one and two years old, you start the track because at that point, that's when it's all started. But then again, it's all adjusted according to their age, where they're at, what they love to do, what is your potential. You know, all of that has to be readjusted along the way to be able to have an outcome. Yeah, I remember. So my little sister, she's eight years younger than me. And so that's 11 years younger than Kyle. And I just remember like when she was little, we would tease her and you got on us one day and you're like, you do not say anything negative to her. And we were like, oh my God, mom, she's, you're treating her like the baby. And you're like, she is a baby. And right now she needs to believe that she is strong and loved and beautiful and intelligent and praise her and dis, you know, we discipline her. But I just, I remember that vividly. And I think I was what, probably 10 years old right. when, when we had that conversation. And so, you know, I think a lot of times what I hear with adults or parents is like, well, don't, you know, they're going to get a big head. Well, at that age, again, to your point of everything is age appropriate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you have to be able to build that concept. So little things like that, teasing and belittling, it's a no. You know, and, and, and I always taught the three of you, you never say never and you never say no. But back to security it's a security thing because you have to develop that self-esteem to be strong and to be able to be confident and to be able to go out there and say no to peer pressure and say no and, and just being able to evolve that over time. And then I remember, right, so growing up, it was, I felt like you were in my business all the time, yes. you know, and like everything mattered. It was like if the streaks had count on the, the countertops had streaks after cleaning them, we have to do it again because there's streaks on it. And if we've got time to do it twice, we've got time to do it right. That's right, you know. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't vacuum the floor and then dust the baseboards. You dust the baseboards first because if the dust falls off and gets on the carpet, then you can pick it up with the vacuum. So there were often times we had to vacuum twice. Kyle's gonna get mad because his chore was vacuuming, I was dusting. So we had to coordinate our efforts, you know, but you know, I, I, and then I remember in senior year of high school, I was trying to decide between going to the university of Notre Dame to play soccer or to the U S Naval Academy. Right. And y y you were there to say, whatever decision you make, we're going to support. And I was like, you've told me what to do every day of my 18 years of existence. <laughs> and now you don't have an opinion. And you were, you were like, no, because this is your life. That's right. That's right. At that point, it's all on you. And hopefully all the things we taught you, and it wasn't about dusting and sweeping. It was about the process of learning discipline, responsibility, and doing the things right. And so it, it was had nothing to do. It could have been something else. But to teach those life skills, we were going to do chores and we were going to do them right. And so all those little things had an outcome. 
And that's so, and that's exactly what we're talking about in terms of intentionality, right? What are you trying to accomplish? And then what are the methods that you're going to use to accomplish that end? Right, right. The other thing that I think is really credible looking back on my life and then now being in the, the sports performance world or even in the business world with leaders is I think so many leaders and parents are leaders, right? Oh, absolutely. So parents, teachers, coaches, leaders, whatever is that the decisions they make, I feel like are a lot of times about them and not about their people right. or their kids or their athletes. And that is just something that I watch in your life, mom. And it's it's mind boggling of how selfless you are about everything. And it's always about you know, your 4-H kids, the, the 2,500 kids that you're trying to mold up. Like, it doesn't matter if you have to be in there early or stay late. It's what's the intention that, what are we trying to accomplish with these kids? And then it's about them, you right. know? Or the same with us. Like, all of that stuff that we did, whether it was soccer all over the country or showing livestock all over the country or, you know, writing books, whatever it was, right. like, it was about us and not about you. How, what's, just share your sort of mindset and heart set around that with us. Well, I think it's, it, I think the word for that is more of empowering. I love to empower people. And so when you empower people, you don't want to be the one that's being empowered. You want to give them the ability to, to be able to be the standout, to be the person that is up there that you, that you've empowered. And so that's the gratifying feedback for me. It has nothing to do with me. It all has to do with, with what you want to do for other people. And I, and I remember this goes back to the time that you took Ashley on the road trip across the United States to look at colleges. And so Amber, being the older, wonderful sister that she was, thought that she had to do all of Ashley's talking. And I think when you went in to talk at one to one coach, it was all you could do. And you know, you've got to let kids be kids and take their own stand and prepare them for the moments that make a difference. And they learn, and every time they learn, they get better at it. And, it. and it just goes back to the, and that goes back to a lot of just development of communication skills. And to me, that was so critical. Verbal and written communication skills were, were crucial. So we wrote books, and we did all this poetry stuff, and we just did all these wonderful things, but it was just a process of developing that skill for later on in life. And, and just for Ashley, for example, or you with, with raising your, your animals, you know, Ashley is a phenomenal marketer right now. I mean, she can market things to death. Because we would go back when, they, when she was four, five, six years old and have kittens. And how do we market them and get them ready to get them out of, you know? And so all those little things build up to where you're at now. I mean, giving you the opportunity to make a decision about your money. You know, I'm going to go to an auction and I'm going to buy. Well, go ahead, Amber. It's all you. It's your money. Go out there and raise your hand and see what you got. And then what happened? Oh, that's a heart-wrenching story. You should never let an adrenaline-pumping little kid be in a sale arena. Because <laughs> I got in this bidding war with this guy, and I won, and I spent way too much money. And I, I, what, I walk out of the arena, the guy comes up, and he offered me $500 more than I paid for that sheep. And, and I said no. And then I won a couple shows with her, and about a month and a half later, I walked in the barn, and she was laying there dead. She snapped <laughs> her neck in the fence trying to get hay, and I, it was sickening knowing how much I spent on that, that I had an opportunity to get rid of it, and that this could happen. And so, man, learning 
consequences just, to decisions just, that you make, I feel like was such a thread that ran through our world and, and our lives. And you made us deal with those consequences. Now I was 16, 17 years old, right? I wasn't eight. Right. Again, think about when, when we talk about the different ages and stages and appropriateness of that. And at that point, that's when I learned everything is always for sale. That's right. <laughs> And you did absolutely. <laughs> oh, and I th- and I think just creative thinking uh, it was was you know think outside the box. What can you do differently? How can you be better? What can we make this look like in the future? Be creative with it. You know, I think that's a you know we don't want to be stuck with in this in this dilemma of never being able to really live outside the box. And so giving you the opportunity and the skills to be able to each each year get better at living outside the box. And then being able to, to send you across the world to play soccer and, and just the confidence that we give you to be able to get on an airplane all by yourself as an 11-year-old and go play soccer for the United States team. And, and, stu- and, and there's just so many situations like that that at that point as a parent, you, you know when they're ready for the next step. How, do you, how did you trust me trust the in I don't know how did you trust to send I mean I was in junior high school and I went to the Netherlands to play soccer for two weeks with this this company right in this group that took us over there and it was a leadership sport experience but like how do you do that as a parent I mean I just see Ashley my little sister and I want to be like the big protector defender of everything and I realize that I can't and that's not how you raised us but what what was your mindset there of how do you lean again knowing that point and when you you got to let them go too you got to be able to 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 know when that point is right that they and was that point different for the three of us uh yeah, every kid, everybody's different. Everybody is unique in themselves. And that's another thing too. You only can push your kids to what is unique about them because you don't want to make them somebody. You don't want to make them you. You don't want to make them somebody else. Each one of each one of the children had individual personalities and, and we tried to work within what that parameter looked like for them because I wouldn't probably have done the same thing with Ashley that I did with you or did with Kyle just because she might have not been ready or he might have not been ready to be able to to, to make that step. And so for you, being that aggressive, adrenaline-rolling child, I had to be able to give you all those out, really outside-of-the-box kind of things to keep you interested in just life and, <laughs> and, and been able to trust you too. So I've set you up to know when that trust was going to happen. So... So, and I think like, let's just use that idea of continuous improvement, right? That you talked about of how do we, how do we keep getting better and doing things? And, and again, that was, that was an intended outcome, right? In your mind that you wanted us to be constantly, how do we get better? How do we improve? So how do you pragmatically do that? One way that I remember is like, you know, after soccer practice or after a game, you know, you'd say like, oh, that was awesome. You worked so hard. You're so aggressive. What did your coach have to say? And I would be like, well, I, I don't know. I didn't ask. And you're like, well, go go ask how what you did well and how you think he how you can get better for the next game. And right. I was like, Mom, I don't need to do that. And you're like, yeah, you do. And we're not going to leave the parking lot until you go talk to him. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. So I go out and I talk to coach. And man, just that that 
constant like quest for feedback and being okay with feedback. Like that's an example of how you implement that into your people's lives. But here's the other thing. You stayed in the car. Right. Oh yeah. It's all yours, baby. That's right. You have to. You have to give them independence to be able to do that. And I think and we've talked about all these life skills, but the other the other the other skill that is so critical is is just the work ethic and study habits. Because education to me was critical. That come first. Studying. When they get home from school, first thing we're going to do is we're going to get the homework done. And just sitting continually, asking questions, studying for tests, doing this, always knowing where your child is in each one of those subjects and where what is their potential. If their potential is to get a C, then, then we're going to live up to the C. If their potential is to get an A, you're going to get deliver an A because you have that ability to do that. So by always living up to what you're capable of, I think is is where you have to be on the yeah, it's where you set your bar. Yeah, and you made a comment to me just offhanded the other day that struck me you know, I was looking at those little books I wrote when I was in fifth and sixth grade that were surprisingly right in alignment with all the work that I'm doing today, which is crazy to think about. But, you know, I remember you saying, yeah, I mean, up to fifth grade, it's hand in hand. You are side by side on every single school thing. And then it, and then it's like, in fifth grade, you start to dial back. And so maybe just explain your mindset or thought process around, you know, from first grade to 12th grade, what that progress or process sort of looked like. And I think it's it's just one of those gradual things over time. I mean, when you're in kindergarten and first grade, all the way through grade school, you know, it's just that constant feedback to you and and knowing the teachers going to every parent teacher conference, being involved at the school, being being knowing what's going on in the classroom. And so and then you gradually, you know, build those skills so every year you can let go a little bit let go a little bit and pretty soon you're on your own flying you go to college and your study skills are absolutely amazing because that's just sort of how it's supposed to be right and you don't even question it yeah and it even it's just funny hearing you a couple sentences ago or a couple minutes ago you were like yeah and that homework was the first thing we did when we got home so even that was intentional of like exactly and I guess I didn't even realize that I just thought yeah, homework is what you do when you get home. But I guess the only reason that I think that is because that's what you made us do. Right. You know, right. and then on Fridays, it was you get your homework done, you get your chores done, and then you're allowed to do things. But even though we didn't really do things because we had animals and then we had, you know, Friday night at home, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. we got a big ha- pizza night. Half sheet of pizza, half cheese, half pepperoni <laughs> from Tucker's store right. down the road. <laughs> I still remember all of that, obviously. <laughs> and it's just that that consistency, too, I, I feel like was such a thread of how you and dad were as we were growing up, you right. know? And, and wh- talk maybe a little bit about the importance of consistency when you're trying to build a team, build an organization, or build an individual. It just makes sense. I mean, to me, it's just like that you have to, and you have to model everything you're doing. So not only being consistent in what you say, is that the actions that you do have to be consistent to what you say. And so with that, I think, you know, it's just, you say, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. You say, this is how you should do it. Then, then that's how you're going to try to get it delivered. But, but it's just so like, 
you say don't cross the road, that means don't cross the road because you're going to have consequences. And I think learning that there are consequences to every decision that we make, how does that look like? And so you have to let kids experience consequences. And again, as they go through their years, all those decisions become different types of decisions, but you can't keep them nestled all their life. So it's a weaning process. It's a weaning process. So at 18, they're off and gone, you know? Yeah, that's that's so awesome. And the modeling effect, right? If you've listened to this podcast before, I mean, the number one way that humans learn is the modeling effect. Right, exactly. I mean, the brain has in it mirror neurons and they actual mirror the neuroactivity of the people that they're watching. And so if you're not modeling that or you're modeling inconsistency or poor communication or lack of responsibility, that's what kids learn. That's what other people learn, right? right? And so that, that modeling element, I think, is so critical. And then, again, just the consistency of this is you know if one day this is bad but the next day it's okay man you learn that there's not much of a standard and I can sort of float at the whim of what I feel like on that day right and you know we talk all the time about it doesn't matter how you feel on certain days if you've got responsibilities you've got responsibilities I mean if I didn't feel like getting up in the morning to go feed the animals guess what they didn't get fed that day and mom didn't feed them and we were going to learn that, well, if you don't feed them, they're going to die. So good luck with that. Yeah, right. Or they're not going to be in the barn when you wake up one morning. And I knew she was crazy enough that they'd all be gone. <laughs> <laughs> and that scared the crap out of me. So, you know, I, I think that, that I don't want to say you had threats, but you it was this is going to be the consequence. And so you just be ready to deal with this consequence. And you used that word a lot right. with Absolutely. us. And so I think, uh, again, we have that direct connection between consequence or decision and consequence, right? And you, you use that language to build that understanding in our minds of what a consequence was and that it was, it was on us, right? you know? And it right. wasn't about you, it nope. was about us. Right. And so in, in a, a perfect example that you hear a lot, well, I, you know, I put, my kid just dropped his bicycle behind our car. One time, look, you have not picked up your bicycle. The next time I pull it out of the garage, I'm not going to pick it up. I'm going to run over it. Run over it. (laughs) They're going to learn, and then they're going to work for the next bike with their own money to get it. Just, that's just, that's how that flows. (laughs) <laughs> oh God. So it's so funny because you and Aaron, my husband, his dad, Jim, you two are so much alike. And when Aaron and I tell stories of our childhood, we just sort of laugh at like how similar our lives were on things like that, you know, right. and God bless our children someday. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's another critical factor is mom and dad have to be in that whole consistency thing together because if one says one thing and the other one says another, pretty soon you start to things start to fall apart so that has to be a sort of an agreed upon this is how this is gonna this is how this is gonna flow yeah that's awesome you know so well mom this has been just an incredible conversation so much fun i love it i love you so much and i'm so grateful just for everything that you've done for us and have poured into us i certainly would not be anywhere close to the woman i am the professional i am if it weren't for your constant love and discipline and forgiveness and grace and example of what of what a focused hardworking loving person looks like so thank you oh and it's such an honor to be able to share that so i appreciate that and and the love you know again the greatest love of all is the love of god 
and then you know having the love of your children when they're older adults that you can call them best friends and that's where we are with with the three of my kids is that we are now beyond the stage of parenting Mm. that we can be friends and share and you know our inner feelings and our thoughts and you know so again Thank you. So mom, you know, we wind up every podcast with our championship mindset training. So specific things that people can do to weave in the word or the focus of the episode. And so what is the training that you want us to do this week to weave in and tap into the power of intentionality? I think it's just being intentional about your thoughts and what what are your goals? And then, then being intentional about how you're going to achieve them. I'm a great list maker and a planner. And so, and if I have a goal, we have a, you know, and what is the outcome of that goal and how are we gonna get it achieved? Let's get that done. And so it's just focused on what that's going to look like and in developing a time frame because if you don't you never ever get anything done and so you know i think it's very important that it's a matter of focusing and understanding where you want to be with your life and then just getting it done you know and then seeking outside mentorship i mean that's so critical and and understanding what a great mentor looks like that can help you along the way and you've been so blessed to have such wonderful mentors starting with 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 janice as as a christian mentor in your lot in our children's lives and and just everyone that you touched or they touched you made you a better person and i think that that's important for kids to know how to do that and then to network with those people and other organizations and businesses to just to make the whole reality of what what you're trying to do possible because you can't do it yourself yeah yeah that's awesome mom thank you so much i hope y'all were as blessed by my mama as i have been over the last uh i'm not even gonna say them (laughs) (laughs) almost 34 years of life that that i've been able to to share with you so i love you and i hope y'all got better by listening to my amazing mom cindy latner oh you've been listening to building championship mindsets the podcast if there's any way that we can come alongside of you here at the selking performance group either through keynote speaking for training or one-on-one performance coaching with our incredible staff Uh, we've got mental performance coaches leadership coaches or life coaches, middle layer leadership kind of thing, nutrition coaches, licensed psychologists on staff. If any of those things can help you take the next step in clarifying what are the goals and outcomes for your life and how do you want to get there? Again, please reach out to me directly, Dr. Selkin at selkinperformance.com. And then follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Champ Mindsets, on Instagram at Selkin Performance, and on Facebook at Selkin Performance Group. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selkin. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.